Hi, hi, what's up, everybody? Today is Monday, April 10, 2017, episode 192 of The Hot Box. I'm Matt Lee. Join me today. We have Samantha Myers from HighIntentions.com. Samantha, how are you doing today? Hey, Matt. I'm great. How are you? I'm well. So High-Intentions.com, that's the website if people want to check it out. Uh, you're basically doing what a bunch of us wish we could do and just grab a bus or an RV and like hit the road and go check out what cannabis is like uh, across the country. Uh, how, how did the, that all start? Like, did you read a book and you're like, yes, I'm on the bus. You know, actually it's kind of a funny story. Um, I embarrassingly really don't want to admit, admit it per se, but I'm a reality TV buff. I am obsessed with it. I would say that I am like a, literally like a encyclopedia on different reality one day um reality tv shows one day i was just sitting at home watching a famous reality tv show that's been along around for a long time and you know i would guess to say a lot of people don't really even like them or their show and i was thinking man what does tv not have that it needs and this was back in january of 2014 prior to any of the shows that are on now um being on and I just came up with the idea and said, you know, there needs to be a real show that's on TV or on mainstream media that talks about the true stuff in the cannabis community. Not any of this reefer madness BS, not any of this like stereotypical Cheech and Chong stoner where you're just kind of lazy and you don't really do stuff. There are people out there who are lawyers, judges, business people, entrepreneurs, really professional people, you know, in the cannabis industry. And I felt like it's not really being represented right. And that's how High Intentions came about. That's really cool. And it is like, I mean, it comes from, like you said, that whole reefer madness mentality of the media kind of trying to control people into a, a certain thought process or pattern or, or whatever. And it is like... <sighs> All of the inventions that come out of Silicon Valley, all of this internet stuff that we do, like those guys all smoked weed. I exactly. believe it was on exactly. a tool. All those guys who work at Nike, yeah. all those girls who are guys and girls who work at Microsoft, like these people all smoke pot and they're all really successful. And I just thought, you know, I just started smoking not too long ago. I started smoking in, in 2011. So it just had been about three years at that point. Um, I was a recovering alcoholic. I uh, found weed late in life and it, it saved my life. I mean, I'd be lying. It, it changed my life immediately. I'd be lying if I said it didn't save it. I, I don't know where I would be without it. And um, I just knew I wasn't the only person with a story. And so whether it was going to be like the dispensary owner or it was going to be the person who has seizures like your girlfriend or anybody you know, talking about from the banks and how our money isn't allowed in the banks. There's just so many little unknown facts or things that are kind of going on within the community I didn't think maybe the average grandma out there knew about and I wanted her to know I wanted to get this out to people who don't really actually have the truth about cannabis because our government has been lying to us even though they own the patent on it they're telling us it's illegal and it doesn't cure anything so it's just been really confusing and contradicting and I thought no time like the present to get out there and try and get the real truth to the masses 
That's cool. And unlike the location lends itself well to that. I mean, Portland's huge uh, as far as cannabis industry and being supportive of that industry. Uh, it is interesting that you say you started late in life. Uh, the majority of the people that I run into an interview, like they've been smoking since they were like 15 or 16. And I mean, who knows how true a lot of those stories are, but it, general consensus is like, we've been smoking forever now and it's finally our time that this industry is allowed to to take off and bloom into you know the massive beast that it can be yeah it's definitely different um i had smoked pot as a young kid a few times probably close to 10 and i just never liked it it gave me that anxiety that paranoia it just it wasn't for me well look what we were for and then you'd like it you'd get high and you it would you know gel with you but i never got there i never did i smoked I mean, even in my early 20s and my mid-20s, I kept trying it. And it wasn't until one day that I think I let the fear go of the unknown. I wasn't sure how it was supposed to affect me. I knew that everybody else got high and they liked it, but I didn't. And so I kind of just, I guess, let that expectation go of what my high was supposed to be like or what my experience right. was supposed to be like. And I had a great freaking time. It was amazing. And about eight months later is when I quit drinking alcohol and um, I am over five years sober from a pretty, pretty difficult addiction with alcohol. Um, and I am just so happy to, to be here and talking about weed. I've never been so passionate about anything. I was always okay with it. I knew friends and family and I was definitely not someone who thought it should be illegal. Um, but it wasn't for me. And so it's just so funny that I've literally had this big 180 turnaround. And I know I'm not the only one, like I say, and this isn't about me. This is just really like a game of pass it on. I just want to share my story. I want to tap the next person on the shoulder and I want them to share. And we're just going to keep going and we're going to get the real truth out there about this. And it's going to matter. It's going to change the world. It's going to affect us all in a really great positive way. And I'm just really happy to be a part of this movement. I'm so glad that I gave up the booze for the bong because there would be no way I would be a part of this community. It is interesting looking at prohibition and how it's unfolded and how the government kind of pushed people like the booze and everything was fine. And then they're like, all right, weed's legal because we're racist and we hate everything. And then, okay, booze is illegal now because, you know, we're idiots or whatever. And then like, as they saw how the people reacted they were like well you know people are like actually poisoning themselves with the booze that we poisoned so that they wouldn't drink it but look weird they're drinking it anyway uh we better just cash in on it and like they did that and there there's this book i read and i can't think of the name right now but in it they talked about the night that the vote happened there were orders for like a hundred thousand dollars worth of booze for some of these high class hotels. And I mean, that's not a lot of money today, but back then, like that's a lot of money. And like they were lined up waiting because they knew this vote was going to go through and everyone's going to be able to drink. And here we are with our carts of booze that we probably shouldn't have already, but we do. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to make a a big buck off it. And they're kind of, we're seeing that with the, the cannabis industry also, how they're slowly changing it so that they can kind of figure out how to best manipulate and insert themselves. Like you mentioned with the patent and, and everything. And, uh, 
having a lot of control over big pharma, maybe trying to want to steer it that way a little bit to take it out of the hands of, of people. And that's well, one yeah. thing I, I mean, like about Oregon. Can you can monitor grow here. what you're growing in your backyard. That's yeah, really difficult. Exactly. Do they have people Drones. that are going to knock on every single door in all the states that are legal? That's, you know, they'll have yeah. robots do it. The drones will fly above and yeah, count, count your so. plants. Oh, he's got five. We better go knock on their door. Yeah, we gotta go bust him. Uh, but in like that's that's one thing I really appreciate about Oregon as far as letting people at least have their four or six or however many it is in Washington where I, I first started out like you couldn't do that at all once medical ended and recreational took over. Yeah, we have actually done it d- done the process I would say extremely well con- compared to some of the other states. But right. I really do think that we're n- nobody's doing it right. Nobody is treating it like alcohol if you're going to have it be legal just like alcohol i don't know why you can't just regulate it like alcohol there's there's so many hands in the pot and there are all these people who because we have been uh brainwashed and all this rhetoric has been thrown at us about how bad weed is and how it's the gateway drug that's you know why we're at where we're at and it's it's just really disappointing and i look forward to seeing some of that change and i look forward to some other states becoming legal and doing it better than us and yeah. showing that it can be done right. And it's not this, it's not heroin. I mean, we're talking about a plant that comes from the earth. It's holistic. It's natural. It's been around for thousands of years. It's been used in Chinese pharmacy, uh, pharmacology. I mean, there's no reason up until just a little bit over a hundred years ago, why it was legal. It was legal. So it's just so funny to me. And I know that we're in, um, in the right place for it. Like we're at the right time. I think as, as a generation and as a society, we're ready to see people not lose their lives over a plant and lose their lives over a choice. We all should be able to have the decision to do what we want with our bodies, especially when we're adults and especially when we're, we're being safe and we're doing it in our own home. Well, and and even comparing it to alcohol, I mean, alcohol is something that has a massive death rate attached to it. I I appreciate having... I hate comparing it. I really do. But in terms of just semantics... It's a model, right? It's a a model that exists for a vice that we can tax and regulate. But I I definitely, I I think that we can do better than than that. But of course, that that all takes time and lots of money lobbying and, and all that. You know, and I actually had someone pose to me a really good question about how we are going to fix this problem of the tobacco and alcohol industry giving money, essentially, to ensure that cannabis does not become legal. How are we going to block that? How are we going to ensure that those kinds of things don't happen? And honestly, when that person asked me that, all I could say was that is such a great question. I don't have the answer. I need someone to help me with these kinds of things. I can't do this on my own. And we all have a different brain and we all have different thought process and different ideas all for a reason so that we can all come together and contribute and, and make something change. And so um, I don't know the answer to that, but I would really like to pose that to some of the listeners and I would like to see what they have um, in their head, what their ideas are and what we can do because that's a big problem. And that's a big problem just in politics in general, just be, politicians being bought and, and things like that. And, right. and I, I mean, know that that scares the hell out of me for cannabis. I sure as hell do not want to see money from Vegas and gambling and alcohol and tobacco 
try to combat the legalization of, of marijuana. That's just, that's awful. I, I would hope that they would have enough business sense to embrace it and be like, I mean, I understand that stone people probably aren't going to lose as much money gambling as drunk people are as far as your poor decision-making skills totally. being amplified exactly. on, on booze. But I, I think there's other huge models there, especially in a place like Las Vegas that is based on tourism. You have people coming in from a bunch of states that don't have uh, access to legal cannabis or anything. And so the they country. have money they want to spend there like let them teaching people from different countries where it might be very criminal where actually smoking might result in death where some of these people are from to come here and to show them firsthand that this is not that wacky weed it doesn't make you go crazy you don't start raping and murdering people once you take a puff that's all bs and they can see that like wow these people are actually just eating a lot and spending a little bit more time at the table being creative you know like okay wow what a big deal yeah yeah they just i mean i i hope i like to think that as a society we've we've come past that in 2017 but i'm sure just looking at how the last vote ended up and such uh that there are probably people who still hold on to that whole uh reefer madness mentality i mean obviously we haven't because we live in a state right here where it's completely legal we can have pretty much copious amounts of cannabis on us, whether that's concentrate, um, flour, edibles, whatever. We have a really high limit. You can be down in the South within the same country that we live in, and you can go to prison for having like a roach on you or like just a little nug. And to me, that is crazy. I don't under, I literally cannot conceptualize the fact that we live within a really close circumference of one another, but we can have such different laws. And I just really look forward to one day when the administration says that they're going to not, they're going to make it legal federally and each state has their own decision to make and and they can figure it out on their own. And when that day happens, I think a lot of people will feel a a weight being lifted off their shoulder. Yeah, it reminds me of in the movie Blow when George Young was in front of the judge and he's like, I just brought some plants across an imaginary line. And the judge is like, actually, those plants were illegal and that line is uh, not imaginary as much as you think it might be. Like just, yeah, that always sticks in my head when, when that stuff happens. That's so funny. I love that movie. So I like uh, the site here. You have high-intentions.com promoting public awareness of the hemp and cannabis movements through education. And that's one thing that I've heard over and over again from following all of these uh, dispensaries starting up in Montana and then the Washington industry and now here in Oregon is like education is key. And that may seem like a no-brainer to a lot of people, but it's really important, especially when you're starting out with trying to get it legal in your state to begin with. We see a lot of terrible legislation written because the people that are writing it aren't educated. They ask people that are also not educated and pretty soon... And they don't even smoke. They're yeah, not exactly. smokers. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. How does that even happen? You're writing legislation about shit you have no idea about. about. Like how... What the... Oh my... Yep. I don't understand how that can ever be in the best interest of the people it's written for. I mean, it just... It can't be. 100% can't. And so it's really important to become educated. Um, Like I said, I didn't start smoking later in life. I didn't know the difference between a freaking indica and sativa. I had no knowledge. I literally (laughs) could not keep straight what an eighth, a quarter, a half 
an ounce was. I didn't know how many grand, like these are all little things and those are all important. Just so you know, an indica, that's something that keeps you in. It's nighttime. It's sedative. It is, it's a hard, stronger hit. It's the one that kind of couch locks you. Sativa, it's good for the daytime. It's cerebral. A lot of women like it. People with anxiety and depression tend to go with sativas. And then obviously the little things like an eighth is 3.5 grams, a quarter seven, <laughs> half is 14, full is 28. Those are just all little things that really help you to not feel like you're lost. And you just start there. And if you want to know about something, ask. Donors are some of the nicest, most compassionate and caring people that you will ever meet in your entire lives. Ask them a question. They want to share. They want to have you be a part of this community. If you have any questions, Google it. DM me. I love it. I am so thrilled. I'm literally, I look up in the sky and I just thank the universe when <laughs> someone sends me a question about cannabis because I feel like, wow, these people trust me and they think that I'm the gospel. I actually have the truth. I know what's going on. And I really value that. And I think that a lot of people within the cannabis community are like that. And we genuinely want to help people get the right idea, get the right information. And we just want to make a difference. Um, it's definitely I mean, a, a strong power to wield when people go to you as that point of contact for information. And I understand, like, back in the day before all of this happened, you'd go to a head shop and, like, they wouldn't sell you something if you called it the wrong thing. And I, like, I bomb. totally you get, not like, call it a bomb. Yeah. Remember those days? But that anxiety, like, of going in there and being like, all right, I'm not going to F this up. I'm, I'm going to totally play it cool. It's I'm getting like, a water pipe. Let me I'm see the water, water bomb. Ah, pipe. damn it. On. I did it again yeah it's so I, I understand where some people still have that trepidation as far as wanting to ask questions and everything and over on stuffstonerslike.com we've been trying to go back to basics in a way and like look at all of the questions people ask and kind of try to answer the most asked ones of like hey how do I do this or how do I do this or it's a lot of like just beginner people they don't know who to ask so they search and then they find our site they find your site and you know they learn but what's awesome is is they have us now when I was dabbing three or four years ago, I didn't have anybody to ask about the fact that I just dabbed for a good year or so straight with a hot, hot nail. Now, dabbing <laughs> right? is what is called uh, what's smoking concentrated cannabis. It's, it's vaporizing it. Um, concentrated Hopefully. cannabis is either butane, uh, BHO. Um, it's a, a concentrated extract with butane. There's CO2. You can do it with a press with nothing. Um, but you know, if you have questions, go ahead and just Google it dabbing. Um, for about a year, I would torch up my nail, which was a titanium nail that you put a tiny little bit of your product on a dab's worth. And, um, I would torch it up till it was bright red. And then I would do the dab on it right away. Damn. Now, now we know you don't do that. Hot you know, there damn. are people out there that you let it cool down and you can watch a video on YouTube. And there's so many resources out there that, Nobody should be embarrassed or ashamed to ask a question nowadays. All, a lot of us just had to do it through trial and error the wrong way, <laughs> and we wish that we would have had those opportunities to ask people. So please do. Use us. We're here for you. I'm heating my nail right now about to take a dab, and I, I oh, can, I can definitely appreciate that as far as like learning the hard way. I mean, that's how all of us learn, and I'll be the first to admit, we've dabbed some poop soup in our time, for oh, sure. Oh, God. Some God-awful. I've had some of the darkest, blackest stuff that... Um, I'm sure it's still coated on my lungs. 
but we had no idea. Like back when you're learning, a dab is a dab is a dab, and that's it. And I mean, I wouldn't probably still know unless I in, until I had that job at the lab and I learned all of that in like the course of a couple of years. And now, like, it's just it's natural. Like I know exactly. this stuff. It's you know, totally I do natural. it every you day. Kind of forget how much you know and how how much there is to this plant. It is not as simple of a plant as you think it is. It's so complex and it's so miraculous and there's just so much to it and you forget how much you know because there's so much to know about it once you really get deep you know deep into this community and and part of doing these shows more regular like i'd like to start doing is having you guys ask those questions because like i said unless somebody asks me i don't know that that's something you guys don't know or want to know so i mean through instagram there's a spot on the high intention site at the bottom for uh a message you can send. I mean, any, there's tons and tons of ways to reach out to us. I'm For sure. I, I agree. Tell us about your uh, pilot video there. You have Dr. Sandra Camacho on from the Portland Alternative Clinic. Yeah, Dr. Sandra Camacho. She's been my uh, medical marijuana doctor for the last few years and just been someone that I have really valued her opinion on in the cannabis community. Um, you know, the cannabis community is not a very women driven uh, environment and um, it's really nice to see women of power women just making moves doing things within the community that's pretty you know male dominated um, and she's just beautiful she's just a beautiful soul she has a great heart and she really genuinely wants to see people heal themselves with this herb and um, yeah so um, for my sizzle reel we uh, just did a little tour of Portland and then we stopped by and we talked to her, um, I asked her a little bit about, you know, cannabis for anxiety and depression, because that's personally something that I deal with. And we just, we got to talk. It was great. She's so smart and she really knows her stuff. And, um, anybody in Portland who needs a medical marijuana doctor, I would recommend going to her. I know that everybody thinks the medical community has died, but it's not yet. No, and that's Washington. I still recommend getting your card if you want to make sure that you stay within those um, limit compliance, you know, be compliant within those limits because um, you don't want to be traveling around with too much stuff and get pulled over. It's not worth it. Uh, if, if you can, just go and get yourself a medical marijuana card. Um, I know that it's available for various ailments and most likely whatever you suffer from, you can benefit from using cannabis in lieu of whatever else you're using. And, I mean, not to be like the cheap one, but it uh, will save you some money if you're not a fan of taxes. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's so, a 25% there's rec tax. That's pretty hefty. Uh-huh. So I'm not trying to pay that. No, I, I'm, I'm not either. I should definitely get mine once I have my residency here. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really a great program um, and there's, you know, the potential to have a grower for you and you just find the right person and you can maybe even get like an ounce of cannabis a month by having them grow on your behalf. If you're not going to grow just little things like that within the community that people don't know about are really cool. And that it's that kind of stuff. I think that keeps the community tight knit and keeps things from happening. Like what we saw in Washington with the, the split and then the dissolving of, of the medical yeah, that was awful. People and were I, not thrilled. I think that's something we've done right. 
I, I mean, I like the the public facing side of that is like, oh, great, there's one one thing to regulate and everyone is happy. But if you actually talk to those people, like nobody on the medical side, unless they got their name on a paper with some big wig that was going to be in rec, like, cause they had to have names of uh, medical uh, people on there in order to come in from out of state or whatever. Um, unless you did that and I guess sold out, like you were not happy. Definitely. Yeah, that's not cool at all. And I and I look forward to seeing what happens with California and legalization and other states because hopefully they just continue to do it better, even better than us. I like uh, Alaska. We went there to cover a Canacon and we got to actually like go into Alaska and go up to Kenny Lake and hang out with the people uh Nikki Rapana from the Seattle Hemp Fest or excuse me from the Alaska Hemp Fest uh and her crew and like it is a whole other world out there and it it's really epic. Like I I am kind of drawn to that for some reason. Uh, but they're they're doing things uh, as far as being able, like Oregon, to have the vertical integration and everything, which you again can't do in in Washington. Um, so it is interesting to see as these markets open up, like how they treat them, like kind of tailor make it to the their own region and everything. So things in Alaska, well, a lot you different. Do that I mean, obviously, we're gonna have a different program than Alabama. Like we all need to make sure that wherever we live, like like saying if we're in the South gonna be different yeah it there's has to a, work for that community back. it's been illegal for how freaking long i mean that's just obvious so every state depending on how progressive and how liberal you are how conservative you are it's gonna be all different and that's why it should be the state's decision because ultimately we get to decide where we live and for the most part i know it's really hard to move sometimes i know money gets get to stuck. decide where we live it seems like more times than not exactly and so you know if you're living in Alabama and it's not working for you, then you have options. And if I'm living here and this is working for me, then this is where I'm going to stay. And so I think it's just important that the states really do have control once we get there. And I'm just, I'm hoping that is sooner than later. Definitely. I do remember reading a lot of stories when I first moved to Washington to get into the industry about people uprooting their whole lives and families to move to these states just not for jobs but back then it was to get their kids medicine because a lot of these people have kids that have these seizures and if you again like you're saying live in like alabama or something it's very dangerous and risky and you don't know what's in that weed it's not tested and all that like it's it's if you can do it, it is so beneficial to just move to one of these more progressive states that are allowing, you know, parents to dose their children with cannabis and CBD and everything as necessary. Well, I feel like especially a few years ago when Colorado was the first state, we mm -hmm. heard a lot of people having to do that. And I think that that's really sad because it's very expensive to move. Yep. It's very hard. You lose all of your friends and your family, your job, your connects everything you have to literally uproot your whole lives that's too much to be asking for people that's bullshit just to get opinion. medicine and that so, makes their day-to-day -day better like yeah that's ridiculous yeah so i just i i'm so sad that they even have to go through that i'm happy that they have those options but i look forward to making this a lot easier on everybody we should be able to do this we should be able to save each other's lives with a plant instead of having to go to big pharma and having to 
use these things that are really expensive. I mean, sometimes people are spending upwards of a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to uh, cure their cancer, get chemo and radiation and things like that, when they could re really be taking like a fifteen hundred dollar dose of RSO and getting rid of it. Well, and look what that chemo's doing. It's not only killing your cancer, hopefully, but it's, it's also killing, killing you, you for 100%. sure. And then you've got to smoke weed so you can eat. You know, it's 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 a vicious cycle. And, and you still have to smoke weed right. at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you just smoke the weed in the first place and not, like, treat me like a shitty criminal over it. This would be a lot easier. But wait, you're going to start using heroin. Like yeah. Tommy Tong. Like, I mean, he's about, like, 80, <laughs> so, like, he better really hurry up quick. Because, the only like, people that whole, start like, using heroin are people that were on pain pills and then got their pain pills taken away. Like, let's be honest about this. The... Purdue Pharma is creating more heroin addicts than cannabis ever has. 100%. And there's actually studies about people who use cannabis in lieu of pharmaceuticals, and they are abstaining from their drug of choice. There's no, they're not relapsing or anything. Like, dabs are, are really strong, and they've been really effective in helping people get off their drug of choice. Well, and you know what I think a lot of it is as far as dabs go? And this is coming from a, a you know, recovering junkie myself, like there's a big ritual that is involved in getting high with those kinds of drugs. And I think dabbing is like, it's as close to that kind of ritual as, as one can get and still, you know, maintain their sanity, I guess. I, I don't know. There's, totally. there's yeah, a lot like that goes with dabbing. Getting your little piece of drug together and preparing it and getting yourself in that mind state and everything. I can see that. I it's, always it's think like of like Travolta in Pulp Fiction when he's got his little bag with his rigs and everything. It's like you go to the cannabis club and it's like that, but with dabs, you know, people have their case with their dab rig in it and their torch and all of their nails and it's it's that kind of thing you know it's it's interesting to see but the after effect of it isn't somebody slumping down right. falling down having those heroin nods falling asleep having to look for dead hooker storage on our friend's yard for a minute and then they are back to normal like yeah. you know you're just a little high you have euphoria it's just this kind of indescribable moment of time and then you kind of are still relaxed and as e at ease but then you're still able to be a part of society and talk and laugh and be regular as opposed to somebody who if they were on something like uh, a stronger drug like heroin or crack or meth you're not exactly sure what kind of conversation you're going to get from someone but <laughs> most definitely after me dabbing i'm coherent i can have a conversation with you it's not going to be like something that you're not going to understand yeah like why did you take your car apart three times i i don't get it i'm gonna go inside <laughs> it's three in the morning what are you yeah, doing yeah and i i will say that like it, it does affect everyone differently and you should always like know how this stuff is going to affect you before you go and take a giant dab like don't just go out and do it because you read it or you saw it like it, it's 100%. not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. Someone else has done it. Like, but, oh, you saw someone do a big dab. I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, hold your roll. Like, smoke a joint first. Yeah, ease ease into it. And I mean, like I said, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to like hurt you too bad. You're just going to no, not gonna have gonna a good time. And fucked up, and you're not going to like it. Yeah. It's going to be too much. You want to have likely. a good experience. You might like it, but my recommendation is to go up those stairs. You know, one at a time. Don't just skip the whole flight like to the top like enjoy it 
smoke some weed, try some different flavors, really get out there, have some edibles, try some tincture, just embrace this whole community slowly but surely. And, and then by the time you want to try a dab, you're going to really enjoy it. Can I tell you, I was uh, at the club probably a month or two ago at the Northwest Cannabis Club there in Portland, and uh, they were doing some Dab Wars thing, and uh, this Australian kid, like, he, they were hanging out downstairs because there was, like, really nobody down there, and he came up, and he's like, Oi, can you, I'm, I'm not going to try to do the accent right now, it's too early, uh, but he asked if I could help them do a dab because they had never done it before. Uh, oh I was gosh. just sitting at this table with some glass and and all all that, and so I'm like, yeah, sure, this will be cool. Oh, uh, yeah, let's, uh, so we went downstairs, and, like, they were, they were kind of treating it like, like spring break shots, you know, like, his friend was like, you do it first, mate, you go, 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 and he was, like, cheering him on and everything, and I'm just like, kind of looking at these two like oh man no one's gonna see you guys for the rest of the night clearly you've never done this but oh my god i i I dished them out gently and uh they both were just like when the first one hit it the other one that was watching it was filming him and like he was just like yeah go do it but then when it was his turn to hit it the other one was already kind of like wanting to take a nap so there was like really no one cheering him on so i kept like yelling spring break at him in a bad accent and and then like they <laughs> oh got God, they got their hits and everything was cool so i'm like all right i'm gonna go back upstairs you know definitely come get me if you need anything like i don't work here but i will help you I out remember my first dab. and like i went up and then I, I went back down to check on them and they were both like on different couches just probably having the most soundest sleep they've ever had in their lives it was so funny i love that that's great well you know we all have our stories and that's right it's, it's, it's important to uh embrace those and um learn, learn from, from them, them let's if let's learn from that one especially if you're gonna like treat it like shots and then go pass out you're lucky the rest of us weren't drinking you might have woke up with like dicks drawn on your face exactly. or something like that that's the difference between the <laughs> we were nice we brought you a pillow and something to drink but you i'm know? gonna draw a dick on your face if you do it again next I time promise. that's don't, right don't, don't disrespect the dad <laughs> everyone take gets it, one take it like a, you know how you're supposed to yeah Everyone gets one next time. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. I, I like that place. They they always have fun events uh, and stuff to do there. Northwest Cannabis a- Club, yeah, that's amazing. It's at about a 11th or 12th in Powell in Portland, Oregon, um, around kind of by the Aladdin Theater, if anybody knows. Um, it's great. Amazing. It's a private membership club. Your first time in, you're going to spend $20, and that makes you a member for life. And then every time you go in after that, I believe it's $5, unless they have a a special event going on or something and that might be 10 or 20 it just depends but um it's amazing it's a community it's it's a family it's it's home and people really go there and find their tribe and really like connect and it's cool because um there's this N- uh, snl uh skit that was out not too long ago when like weed was becoming legal in you know a few of the states and it was basically like oh my god weed was legal and it showed all these people and they were finally leaving their houses. It was moms and dads and cops and all different types of people, street workers, whatever. And they were going outside. And then there's a cop who tells them that, nope, it's only illegal for you to smoke inside. What's cool about the cannabis <laughs> club is that you're not just smoking at home like you have been your whole lives. I mean, I know I've only been smoking for a few years, but everybody else, y'all been smoking for a really long time, and you're bored of it. You want to go be social. You want to go meet people. You want to have some fun. You want to 
see dab wars or you want to go to the new year's party or the uh, bud tenders barbecue i mean they do so many cool little events and it's just so nice it's a great a spot to like to get to go to instead uh, of having to be at home by yourself all the time just getting high it gets boring go get high with people it's like cheers and i, I definitely don't want to like make this sound like an ad or anything because we're just like friends with them and they they let us hang out there no, when, I mean, they don't when pay we me go through anything. i but... have to pay for my membership i pay every time i yeah, go and i'm not getting same paid for here. anything i just truly like that place and i just want to say like if you're from out of town and you're new in the area like it is a really good spot to go and like just meet people that are like-minded so and they do have uh, like business events where you can go there on those nights and like sample or check out or whatever uh, the different businesses and their products, which is really cool if you're new or even if you're not new. Like there's a lot of cool stuff to see in one spot. And obviously, if you don't live here, you don't have your own home to be able to smoke in. Right. And most people aren't even technically allowed to smoke. I'm an old property manager. You know, you're technically not allowed to smoke in your apartments, most people anyways. So if you're especially coming here from out of town and you don't have your own place and you don't want to set those smoke alarms off at your hotel, Mm -hmm. go to Northwest Cannabis Club. Go smoke there. You can smoke inside. You can um, dab inside. There's also an outside patio. It's cool. Two, uh, Two floors, pool table, shuffleboard. I mean, there's so much to do and there's so much to learn. And if you're just trying to go somewhere and have a good time when you come to town, um, we, I'm sure Matt and I could recommend a few dispensaries for you to hit up and then for you to go take whatever you bought to the Northwest Cannabis Club and chill out there and have a g- good, fun night. And it's, it's especially something in hotels. Like, unless you're dabbing, I really, I used to be like, put the towel under the door and then like blow hits out the window kind of thing. But now I just don't even mess around with smoking flour in hotels because I can just dab and no one gives one shit. Um, but I will say, uh, and I don't want to say who this happened to because it just happened, but we'll, we'll holler about it once it's all, uh, quieted down. But, uh, a friend of mine was recently in Hawaii and Hawaii has legal cannabis now. Right. And he was, uh, maybe smoking in the hotel room allegedly, and they might've gotten a few calls and they're like, Oh, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. And they went out for dinner. And when they came back, the, the door like they couldn't get into their room and then the office security was there and then they had called a couple of the local officers to come and take a look and they 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 got in the room and searched it and they didn't find anything of course but it that kind of stuff like you don't think still happens especially in places where it's legal and granted hawaii is new at this you know legal cannabis thing but that kind of stuff does still happen. So keep that in mind when you are at a hotel and you want to smoke. Like if you're in a place that has a club, it's it's definitely a better option. 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, well, I think that should about do it. Is there anything else as far as high intentions or anything like that you want to mention before we wrap this up? Um, No, just... Uh... Just if anybody wants to check out my website, you can go to www.high-intentions.com or you can go on over to cannabuschangetheworld.com and just take a peek. Let me know what you think. Ask me any questions. Um, Give me some feedback. If you have anything that you want to contribute or anything that you want to say, if you have a great story, let me know. I want to have you be on my show one day. Um, So just, Keep in contact, say hi, let me know who you are, and I uh, 
I just appreciate the time that we've had so far. Are you most active on like Facebook or Instagram or do you kind of hop between the two or Twitter? What's what's if people want to reach out just on social network and follow you like day to day? Uh, Like for me, it's Instagram or Facebook because it's all the same shit. Uh, Where would people follow you at? I think either Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at Sammy underscore Ann on Instagram or Samantha Ann Myers on Facebook. Um, Really anywhere. You can go to my website and drop me questions there. I'm on Snapchat, high period intentions. Anywhere you want to find me, let me know who you are. Show me, wave to me, you know, just pop up and let me know that you're on my radar and I'll be on yours and hopefully a, we will all be working together in the future. That's right. Just holla. Go on Instagram. Cool. Go on Facebook. Go on the website. We'll put links to all that stuff on the show notes. Uh, hotboxpodcast.com. Hotbox.earth also. It's the same thing. And cool. uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's good to have you on the show. And I look forward to maybe having you back to talk about some more cannabis stuff. It's good that you're there in Portland. Uh, it's not far from here, but it's far enough or uh, it's enough of a hassle that I don't get there as often as I'd like. So if you're there and there's something cool going on, you should definitely like hit me up and, and report back on it. And we'll we'll get a little show thing going. For sure. And same goes with Eugene. I mean, I know you guys have a lot of cool things going on down there and I don't get down there nearly enough, so I look forward to when there is something cool going on. I'll hop in the car, and we can meet up, and we can collaborate. Definitely. Eugene, I've noticed, has a lot of glass blowers. <laughs> like, they everybody really I've met they here, really it's like, do. my oh, whole like family that. blows glass, and we've been blowing glass since the dark ages and all that. I was like, wow. I just, I, I guess I knew that, but I, I think I was more in tune with Eugene being, like, the trippy, weird place rather than where all the great glasses is created at. But, yeah, it's, it's totally. there's a lot of cool it's stuff. Both. It it is. <laughs> it's a weird trippy glass place. <laughs> it is. It's perfect for the Grateful Dead and all that. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, hi-intentions.com, Samantha. It's been a pleasure and we will chat soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a great day. And you can check out where the bus is going and if you have a place that you think would be cool for the cannabis to stop in uh, and you guys can get interviewed by Samantha there, go to hi dash intentions.com and uh send in the form at the bottom of the page so uh yeah we'll hopefully try and get back to doing some more regular shows here as schedules and such permits uh moving and all that is crazy so thanks for listening mattley hotbox dot earth stuff stoners like dot com check it out follow me on instagram at the jam holder and twitter thanks for listening peace out And I'm soaring, wings spread in the morning The rest of y'all snoring, no life left in boring I like that I'm moving, I gotta keep moving I'll never stop moving like planets I'm cruising Those ones who stop moving, it's hard to start moving And then, just like that, you forgot what you're doing Forgot how to groove, dropped all the clues Forgot how your life was never not the blues Forgot how damn good it felt to be abused At least someone kept you around for amusement You never did figure out quite how to use it Face palm trigger, happy silly Confused kids. Oh no. Oh no. 
This episodic memory ain't what it used to be And that's the main reason people try fooling me So go commit treason and set all the schools free That's the breaks when everyone's ruling cheap Push button docks, push and pill poppers I got this arthritis from popping and locking I mean dropping and oxy and bonking my noggin It's hard to hit a vein when your skin won't stop crawling He's hot, then cold, this ain't rock and roll This ain't even human, alright, who brought the troll? That's a weird move when nothing else matters And Metallica broke up so you can't even tattle Slept and slept until he got slept on No, that's no career for a scoundrel He crept and crept until he got crept on The end of the story, that's how they found you No, no, So tell me, which side of the fence do you play on? Trying to climb above it to keep this whole game strong. How do you do it? Like Nate Dog said, yo, I'm just trying to smoke weed all day long. How else can one be expected to tolerate? Psyops distracting us from the problem traits on the outside. It all looks great until the cracks crack and that drops the gate. We'll sit here and wait. For all that you've built To topple down around you We'll build on the sill We'll fix all the silly little things Greed is broken It's almost that time When the beast is awoken Get brains Whoa.